1: did not like that hit on Kyler Yamamoto and lands a clubbing right it. hand that fells just at all. Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
0: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
1: Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta
0: injury lawyers. The
1: heavy hitters of injury law. Well, there's no debate about this. I'm at my best, when I only have to work one hour a day. After the first period, Hurricanes leading the Panthers 1-0, game one of the NHL's Eastern Conference Final. Baseball tonight, bottom of the seventh. Yankees leading the Blue Jays 3-1. It was announced earlier today, 6.30 Ched and the Edmonton Elks renewing their broadcast partnership for a 30th season which will kick off with that preseason game on Monday. Elks at Calgary, 12.30 for the countdown to kick off the game at 2. We got Morley Scott, we got Dave Campbell, we got Brandon Escott, and we got this guy, of course, Blake Dermott, former member of the E, and he's been on our crew for... How long have you been on our broadcast crew now, Blake? It, it was before I started doing this show, and that's been almost 10 years. God,
0: I, I can't remember. if it's been ten years it's it's flown by. I I, I didn't realize it was that long. But well,
1: yeah. I, I I tend to make people feel like time flies.
0: <laughs> you gotta remember I would have started when I was twelve, so I'm okay with ten years.
1: <laughs> hey well i'd look forward to uh to uh, our station bringing elks games once again and of course that's going to mean uh, frequent appearances by you on uh, on this show and i uh, i certainly enjoy having you on what, what what was the impetus for you to to get into broadcasting a little bit though who, who did that start with
0: uh you know i my my first year uh of, of playing i always i always wanted to to uh, radio and, uh, and broadcasting it always interested me and uh i approached a uh, a radio station out in, in uh, st albert uh, i believe they were called uh, um uh, I, well i can't remember what they're called now uh, but they were a, a small station in st albert and uh, they changed their name a couple of times uh, mg to, no yeah mg 1200 i think is what it was okay and uh um i worked with a guy named al Coates, and uh you know uh Al started, he was a program director out there, and, and uh, there was a, a bunch of guys that, uh, that were in that station, and I just I had this little thing that I did uh, once a week. I had a uh, Ryan King was doing something very similar a couple of, a couple of years ago uh, for Chad. We had a a tape recorder, I'd interview players and and they had a Sunday uh, Saturday sports show and and I'd put together these uh, interviews and and that's what it was and usually they were just, you know, fun and and I wanted to try to do that and and uh, that's when it started. So, I would have been way back really when I was about you know 21 years old trying to get into this
1: Wow. That's, I I actually, I don't think you'd ever told me that before. I didn't realize you started doing stuff when you were, did you like interviewing teammates or was that a little weird sometimes?
0: No, it was, it was, it was kind of fun, you know, and I I interviewed uh, teammates and and, uh, coaches and, and uh, yeah, you know, it was a, I only really had a a 10 or 15 minute spot and then then I'd have to take you know you know the way it used to be right you you got you got your tape, your cassettes and then you had to put them onto a, a tape that you had to transfer them to a tape so that they could plug them in and run the run the show it was, nothing was digital at that time I had to carry a tape recorder with me and, yeah, and a mic and uh yeah it was uh, but it was a lot of fun.
1: Okay. Well, and we're glad to have you on board and uh, I always enjoy talking to you cuz I, I do learn a lot and you're always very play- patient explaining things to me especially when I ask a question that you you might think I might have missed the point of what was happening but <laughs> as you've, as you've grown into this role I mean you're you're I I mean look it's uh, there's a lot of people who are going to know you just as the analyst and and might not uh, have even seen you play but for for your for your uh, your buddies and your former teammates who are around your age or might have might have been teammates of yours do they ever give you feedback or like come on blake what do you think <laughs> do you have those types of conversations ever well
0: you know it's funny because there's uh, I, I do hear from uh, a few guys regularly but just just this last saturday I uh, was uh, in, you know, getting some groceries at the Superstore, and I'm wandering through the, where the toilet paper uh, row was, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm just sort of looking at it, and I, I hear this, somebody say, excuse me, I'd like to, uh, uh, can I, can I uh, talk to you a little bit about the Elks? And I thought it was, you know, I live in Sherid Park. There's a bunch of people out here, so I just sort of, I put my head down and kind of chuckled to myself. That okay, somebody wants to talk about football now because football's starting. And I turned around and it was an old teammate of mine. It was uh, Marco Sincar, and I hadn't seen Marco in probably seven, eight years. And uh, and yeah, he he said, you know, he he gave me some really good feedback, stuff that he he said he enjoyed listening to the broadcasts, and uh, and uh, you know, and 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 that included everybody on the broadcast, obviously, but. he, he just said uh, that he enjoyed it and thought it was doing a decent
1: job. So, uh, I remember Marco. I'm trying to remember. I, I believe he was U of A, and didn't he have a little longer hair that oh, came yeah. out of his? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Marco had. He didn't. I mean, some people would call it a mullet, but but Marco was quite fashionable, so it was probably more. Uh, it was probably called more of a moulet. You know, it's very continental. More of a <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he looks great. Uh, he uh, he looks—he's one of those guys that really, you know, that uh, I, I get a little bit uh, angry about because uh, he uh, looks like he—with give him about twenty minutes of working out, and he'd probably be ready to play again. You know, he just looks in fantastic shape. Oh, he's still
1: in that good a shape, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, he's in really good shape. Okay, uh, and well, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> round is a shape. That's <laughs> <good. Yeah. laughs> You're, so, you're always so hard on yourself, but then again, I guess it's hard for me to judge because obviously you've seen me and you're like, and I'm smaller than everybody. Like you're one of those guys. When I shake your hand, I'm like, where'd my arm go? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Blake Derbitt joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, well, thanks for going down memory lane and talking about the uh, the broadcasting side of your life because that's fun and we love having you on, Chad. Uh, preseason it's uh it's interesting you know in a way that maybe is not interesting for a lot of fans because sometimes the preseason games drag on and you got a lot of names on the roster and uh, I, I mean heck sometimes the starters only play a quarter or a quarter and a half um, what do you watch for now when you're uh, when you're taking in a preseason game what do you try to focus on a couple position sets or what do you take in well
0: What I try to do is obviously I I, want to look at how the starters are looking like the guys who I think are going to be in that in that starting group because typically and and generally speaking, you're never not in the first preseason game. You're not going to have starters against starters. You may have one or two, but not very many. What's going to teams are going to evaluate their starters against probably the second group for the other team. The other team's going to want to have their second groups playing against your starters so they can see if they can actually play in this league. And, uh, so, and there's, a, there's an awful lot of names that, that you're going to not even know who they are uh, at the beginning, no matter how much you've watched them in, in, uh, in camp. But somebody's going to jump out, and you're going to go, who is that guy? And, and uh, I, I, I'll never forget uh, when, uh, and this was a number of years ago, probably close to, well, it was when uh, Chris Jones was his first go-around, uh, a fellow by the name of Dexter McCoyle. Huh. And uh, I remember, I, you know, I didn't know who this guy was, and, and I just went, Wow. Where did they find this guy? And that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm going to be interested in. And, and, and you hope there's more than one, but uh, you know, there's going to be somebody that's going to jump out that you don't know anything about, and uh, it's going to make you be interested in him.
1: Well, yeah, those are always the stories, right, in the Canadian Football League. It, well, and I think with the Elks, the story, I mean, what, what was it, like, three years in a row they had a receiver that didn't start on the team, like Walker and then Zilstra, and then I think Duke Williams. And then yeah. it was all like, oh, look at this guy. Why wasn't he playing uh, Playing earlier? But to me, like, is, is that the position set that they've changed the most just because they, they brought in Eugene Lewis and, and Dunbar and a couple other guys? Like, is that the is that the, should be the biggest step forward position group for the team?
0: Well, I think I think that you know the, when you look at where the offense was. I mean, the defense last year uh, was was pretty respectable. Uh, although by the end of the season, numbers started to fall off, but that was because they they weren't necessarily getting the the consistent production out of the offense. So it, it put some strain on your defensive people. But you're always going to lose uh, 15 to 20 percent of your roster. And uh, and that's so you know there's there's always going to have to be an upgrade and I think that by the end of the season last year they had upgraded their offensive line to where they thought that they were going to be competitive. Uh, I think Cornelius had taken some steps where they thought okay this is this looks pretty positive you know he's he looks like he's taking a step now he's, he's it's important that he takes the next step. Uh, their their uh, um, their special team started to have a little bit of a look to it that. That people uh, in Edmonton might recognize as being, you know, professional level, and uh, but their defense—they had so many injuries last year at the linebacker position—and I would think that, you know, that's for me. And and then that puts strain on your defensive backs, and then that, you know, then then it becomes like a little bit of a revolving door because because it makes it look like the defensive backs aren't doing very well. But when you've got the middle of your defense, it was rabbits by injury last year. I think that is an area for me, the linebacking area, is the area that I'm going to be interested in because that's what stabilizes the defense. And when they had good players playing there, they were a good defense. But uh, they were missing a lot of uh, good players for a long period of the time during last season.
1: Um, you know, we're going to have Cornelius at quarterback again. You know, I think some, some good games, but uh, I, I thought there were still some games where it looked like he was trying to find his footing a little bit. What are realistic expectations for Cornelius this season?
0: Well, I, I think that he, he he needs to take that step. And by all reports, and and let's let's have a little cut kind him of a little bit of slack. Last year, you know, they, it was a re- bit of a revolving door at the receiver position. Um, they they played. I, I can't even remember what the exact number was, but they were upwards of a hundred people had played in a game last year. They were uh, like twenty twenty five players more than any other team in the league. And so you're constantly dealing with guys that are trying to learn the game or trying to learn the system or trying to learn even simple things like the cadence of Cornelius and route patterns and, you know, the way he throws the ball. So they've, if they've, they've they've had a decent training camp by all reports that, uh, you know, you, you can now get some of that, uh, uh, that uh, those guys working together and maybe they can start off a little bit quicker than, than, uh, than they did last year. Cause Honestly, they have to. I've, and every game is important to them, including the first exhibition game. When, you know, everybody, everybody always thinks, well, we're just going to run through guys and we're going to make decisions. But they've got to they've get a winning attitude in that locker room because they can't go another season without, uh, with, a winning, with a losing record at home. I mean, I'm not even talking about, you know, they, they've got to have a winning record at home. We saw what happened with the people not, uh, you know, in the stands last year because they, they didn't win. They've got to win more games at home than they lose. And, uh, and, and that's going to be critical for them.
1: Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, frustrating to over two seasons, obviously with uh, without a home win, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was in the stands for a lot of those games. So, hopefully, uh, some room for improvement as well. Uh, take me back one more here, Blake, before I let you go. Take take me back to your playing days, uh, preseason games. Did you get up for them? Did you get sick of them? What was it like?
0: That's <laughs> funny. You, know, I, I, you and I were talking about this the other day, or uh, and I uh, yesterday, and I and I said. I uh, I didn't even want to play them when I was playing, <laughs> <laughs> because the way the the way the rosters are structured, you in training camp you get paid a certain amount of money per day, which is typically a fraction of what you get paid in your contract, and so you're putting your body in the, in the exact same position that you would if you're playing uh all the time and uh you know you're doing it for as a, a fraction of the money and uh back when i played uh you know they, they have 13 14 offensive linemen they'll carry in that during a season we carried seven or eight guys and uh so when exhibitions came a lot of times we had to play the whole game uh, i remember going to, when we played in vegas and in, in, uh, way back and whatever it was a 20 uh, uh, or 1993, uh, and it was 116 degrees of kickoff, and I played every down of that game oh, because geez. we didn't have enough backup guys. So I and, and so there I was, you know. We thought we were going to die because it was so hot, and uh, and I got to play every game for a fraction of the amount of money. <laughs> we we're all thinking, should we just pull an ankle and <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just get out of there? Let us out.
0: Everybody else got a break, but the linemen didn't. So. But now it's a little bit different, and uh, you know they got, like I said, 13 offensive linemen. You can dress a bunch more guys, so you could rotate people in and spread it around a bit. But uh, yeah, well, back in the back in the dark ages, it was uh, uh, <laughs> exhibition games were were a little bit rough.
1: All right, well, Blake, th- thanks as always for hopping on, man. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes for. Th- and you're going down to Calgary, right? So you can catch yeah, it all in I, person. I'm going yeah, down on, uh, Monday morning. Yeah. Okay, good stuff, man. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, Reed. thanks a lot for calling. That is Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst for our Elks games here on 630 Chat. We're going into our 30th season of carrying double-E football. Uh, love having Blake on the show. Love hearing him talk about football because he can break down a very – complex sport in a way that certainly that i can understand and i think that uh, most of you can understand and as you heard he can tell a good story or two along the way carolina leading florida one nothing 12 20 left in the second quarter that's game one of the eastern conference final uh yes this is inside sports jumping in tonight after the uh, leaders debate that we brought you live here on 630 chad kellen uh, kellen kennedy down the hallway here at uh, 630 chad kellen how are you doing today Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, this is a very taxing show for us. One hour. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not not sure how we're going to get through it.
0: I don't know, man.
1: It was a little. It was a little weird for me looking at the clock when it was like six oh eight. I'm like, well, I feel like I should be doing something. Oh yeah, I'm usually on air at this time, not tonight.
0: I felt the same way, but I didn't. Then I just went and I warmed up my supper, and I was like, you know what, time to eat. Now,
1: was it, did you have to? Uh, no, the leaders debate. I th- was it not at the CTV studios? I believe in West Edmonton. Do you have more information on it than I do? I just took the signal from wherever we were. Okay, getting so it. you were just told <laughs> turn this on, and That's it'll, right. it'll go on the radio. Yes. Did they have commercials while it was on? They did, yeah. Oh, there still were commercials. Okay, yep. I was listening to most of it, but I didn't i, I didn't quite hear all of it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we brought you that uh, on 6.30, chat. Of course, our, our talk shows, uh, we'll have more on that uh, tomorrow. And, of course, I'll ramp it up to the election, which is, uh, what, May 29th? Monday, May 29th? Correct. So we'll probably, uh, I think we'll probably have an abbreviated show that day as well. Uh, usually we don't start doing anything uh, election-wise till the the, the polls close so i imagine we'll probably do inside sports till till seven and then there'll be uh, election coverage that day but mm-hmm. we'll keep you posted on what's going on there you can get in touch by the way at 780-496-0063 that is the hotline powered by certainty the pro's choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way email the show inside sports at 630 ched.com and uh, you can get me on twitter send me a message there if you like at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's
1: precedent-setting injury lawyers. Classic track. No one knows. Queens of the Stone Age. Album songs for the deaf It's a good track Sorry, I, I upset somebody, Kellen. Can you believe that?
0: No, you?
1: Yeah, I upset, upset somebody. I, Come I, I on. upset by I, I upset buddy on uh, uh, on Instagram. Ah uh, I was on, so I was on. The, there's this radio station in Calgary. It's called Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Maybe some people have heard of it. That's where our buddy Pat Steinberg. I was
0: going to say, I know a guy that works. Yeah, there. so
1: I was on uh, their station Monday. It wasn't uh, Steinberg show. It was one before it. I, I, I'm not even sure the host I was on it might have been Logan Gordon. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they just asked me to go on, and I go on. Sounds I mean, like I, a. I, sounds... I host. I host a talk show. So if somebody else asks me to go on a talk show, yeah. I almost always say yes, unless it's a while I'm on air, or b I you know I have s- some else that I absolutely have to do, mm-hmm. responsibility-wise. So, so then what? What they do is they often take just a quote from your interview and they put it on their social media. So Sportsnet 960, on their Instagram account, they put a, a tri- attributed to me, and I did say this. It's an accurate quote. I said I would describe this as one of the most disappointing seasons in the history of the franchise, talking about the Oilers. And this guy got mad at me. Mm-hmm. He says, "Settle down. In the history of the franchise." recency bias fallacy is running rampant in your world, huh? And then he's got a little eye-rolling emoji. Huh. Okay. Uh, I would, but I I stand, I wrote back to the guy, I said, I stand by it. I think relative to expectations, which were high, what's certainly one of the most disappointing endings to a season. Like I, I would like last year. People like it was disappointing, but it wasn't disappointing like this year. Like to me, in terms of expectations, this is so. There's been 49 order seasons. It would certainly, I would say, it'd be in the top five for disappointing. But again, I'm talking about like. Ex- was it disappointing the years they kept finishing last overall or in the bottom three? Yes, but we all kind of knew they weren't going to be very good. So okay. Like, to me, disappointment is when you expect something good. Like, okay, the Steve Smith own goal, that would be the most disappointing ending to a season. And then I think this one would be right up there. Yes, losing game seven in 2006. Sure, I mean, they lost the Stanley Cup final back. But I would say this would be, I don't know, what do you think, Kellen? I think it would be in the top five. You're on par with that. For a disappointing ending based on expectations, absolutely, I think Mm -hmm. it would be. All right. Rob Brown coming up next.